This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. A lot of activity for Arkansas in the transfer portal as it pertains to football A little bad, a lot of good. We're going to get into all of that. Danny West is also going to join us to talk a little bit about baseball, a little bit of recruiting, also dive into the transfer portal, all that more on Hog Sports Live. And before we get started, I want to remind you, of course, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Like this video if you like the content we're producing. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a thumbs up there. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to have a five-star rating from you. So if you take a minute uh, before this show starts or after, just give us a five-star rating if you like the content. And grassroot it for us. Help other people know what to expect. Share it with your dad, your grandfather granddad, your mom, whoever you think might like uh, the video that might not be aware of it. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Okay, so a lot of activity for Arkansas, obviously, in the transfer portal. We're going to talk about some of that. Um, The first bit of bad news came with Enoch Jackson. Now, with Enoch, that's a a kind of a different situation than we're going to talk about with Mike Woods because, you know, Enoch wasn't really factoring in uh, a whole lot of playing time. We knew that Arkansas was interested in adding more defensive tackles also. Uh, So he was a little bit farther back. You know, Enoch's got a chance, I think, to have success on the collegiate level. But he is a little bit limited from a size standpoint, not weight. I mean, he weighs almost 300 pounds, but, you know, he's probably about six foot tall, probably right around the same height as I am, actually. So he's limited in that capacity. And if you're going to be, you know, a smaller defensive tackle, you need to be electric quick. You know, you've got you've to be able to make up for it a little bit and – um, again, I think Enoch can play on, on the collegiate level and, and contribute for a team, but maybe, um, maybe it was in his best interest to, to seek uh, playing time somewhere else. So the next bit of bad news came with Mike Woods, and this one really did sting. Now, I'm not in agreement with people that are trashing Mike Woods, okay? Can you be disappointed? Absolutely. You absolutely should be disappointed if you're a Razorback fan. Can you also wish him well and move on? Yes, you can. You can do both of those things. So this absolutely stings Arkansas from a personnel and perception standpoint. Okay, so don't mistake that. Like, there's a lot of people out there that say stuff like, you know, business is business or this it's not, it's not personal, it's just business. Business is personal. Whoever, whoever came up with that phrase that – it's business is not personal wasn't on the other end of it getting it you know it was the guy that was firing somebody or something like that um and just because you say business is business doesn't mean that business is business you know just like jerry seinfeld so i had a chance to see jerry seinfeld right before the pandemic started up in new york Uh, me and my wife went for our 10th anniversary so he had a great bit, and it's on Netflix now. It's like 23 hours to kill. Uh, but he had a great bit saying it, just because you repeat the same word in a sentence, it makes it sound more important. Business is business, he said. A deal's a deal. What's done is done. If you can't, you can't. 
when we go there, as long as we know what's what and who's who, whatever happens, happens, and what it is, and it is what it is. Just because you say business is business doesn't mean it's, like, different. <laughs> I mean, it's business is very personal, okay? And you can absolutely be disappointed in Mike Wood's decision. But should Mike Woods do what's best for him, what he feels is best for him? Absolutely. Is it just affecting Mike Woods? No, it's not. It's affecting Razorback fans who have followed and cheered for him and have been behind him. Um, and, yeah, so you can be disappointed in that. And, you know, I mentioned the personnel standpoint. I think Arkansas can make up for that. They have got they have recruited well at wide receiver. Um, the perception standpoint of it is different. And so to act like it's just, you know, Mike Woods going to Oklahoma and, you know, enter the transfer portal and go to Oklahoma. So just act like it's just like that is, and it doesn't affect anything else is not, is not accurate. Because my initial impression was, what happened? Is there something off the field? I can understand, you know, if something off the field, on the field, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. He's a number two wide receiver. Is there something wrong with Kenny Guyton? Something wrong with Sam Pittman? Sam Pittman's culture not right? Not what we thought it was? You know, asking all those questions. So from a perception standpoint, it's, it's a negative, I think. You know, Mike was um, 13th in the SEC in receptions last year. And I, I ticked off a lot of OU fans. And, I, guys, I appreciate your passion. I do. But all, I haven't said anything other than all I heard was, I mean, to paraphrase, like, not looking good on Mike Wood. Mike Wood's going to enter transfer portal later that day. This is on Monday, the 19th. Uh, not looking good. OU is the rumor. This is the 19th before you enter the portal. I'm not saying there's anybody tampering or anything or that, you know, any coaches or anything like that did that. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen behind the scenes with, um, you know, players talking, you know, high school friends, you know, Mike's from Big 12 region, um, you know, all kinds of things like that can happen. So I'm not saying like there's any tampering, and um, but I am saying, yeah, it's it's wild. The only team that I heard that he was going to, you know, that was in the mix was OU before he entered the portal. So. That's all I said. So the optics of it, you know, feel bad and all that stuff. Um, does it make you hypocritical sometimes? Yeah, sports fans are very hypocritical. I mean, it's sports. It's that's your team. This is my team. You know, that kind of situation. And um, can you be mad at Mike Woods, but also still accepting of Arkansas's um, latest additions? You know? Yeah, because sports fans are, are hypocritical, Par particularly Markel uh, Utsi. Who uh, who came to, comes to Arkansas from Missouri now? Utsi, let's I guess let's go ahead and get into that. We'll move on past the Mike Woods stuff, but yeah, it's disappointing uh, to lose Mike Woods. Wish him well. Don't agree with people saying you know you know just dogging him out. Um, Mike Woods isn't a quitter. Yes, did he leave his team? Does Arkansas uh, a place that invested a lot into him? Yes, Arkansas gave him a lot, and he gave Arkansas a lot. And it just kind of stinks at the same time and stings that, um, you know, all that that they put in together in, you know, his last year he's given it to OU. So, yeah, you can be upset with that, guys. It's okay to be upset. But to me, like, you talk about, like, like quitting on your team and stuff, like the time to transfer is the offseason, which is what Mike has done here. And, again, it's America. You have the right to do – a wise man once said, if you have the opportunity to sell out, you should sell out. <laughs> I'm not sure that's totally true, but maybe a little bit. But, um, you know, the optics of it are the thing that stings the most. But um, he should absolutely be able to do what he feels is in his best interest. But don't act like 
um, other people aren't impacted by it. And it doesn't hurt the team. It doesn't hurt KJ's chances to be good or Pittman's chances to have success. It all it impacts all that, obviously. He was a clear number two wide receiver for Arkansas. So, all right, moving on past that. You lose Mike Woods. You lose Enoch Jackson. One of those really stings. But early Sunday afternoon, Markel Lutze, 6'4", 295, announced his decision to, to transfer to Arkansas. Now, this is a guy that's back in 2016 class, so he's a six-year senior. 6'4", 295, defensive tackle who started eight of nine games for them last year, went through the spring with them, and, you know, it's kind of a similar situation. Now, I don't think we were, like, hearing beforehand that, you know, he's definitely going to Arkansas, but he's from Little Rock. He was recruited to Missouri by Barry Odom, who was the head coach there, his first recruiting class in 2016. So it makes a lot of sense that he ended up at Arkansas. And, again, a guy who started eight of nine games last year that he played in. Um, and then to me, and Utsi's, I mean, that's a nice pickup. We know that they wanted to get a defensive tackle, right? I mean, we know that that was – they had two spots left that they are going to count forward, and they wanted defensive tackle. Nothing was really materializing uh, in the early part of, of things for the, you know, for the last semester, this, this semester that's going on right now right now. So nothing was really materializing. And then you knew that there was going to be another wave of, of transfers. Uh, so the next one, John Ridgeway. Now, this one is a little different to me. He's from Illinois State. So he's coming, he's, he's transferring up a level. But Arkansas was the first school to offer him. And then it was just, let's see who all came after him. I mean, it's an impressive list of offers. Texas, USC, Michigan, Tennessee, Penn State, Iowa, Indiana, Arizona State, and several others. You know, everybody was interested in this guy. They only played four games last year, 22 tackles, three sacks. But this guy is 6'6", 325. And, I mean, you talk about transforming the middle of Arkansas's defense now and taking a position where you're like, you know, they got a chance. And I wrote an article, um, you know, just about where Arkansas is at defensive tackles. Like, you know, they might surprise some people here. The guy Isaiah Nichols is a little better than people think, you know, nationally. I think, um, you know, he may have surprised some Arkansas fans and stuff last year. But uh, he really came on, gets off the ball extremely quick. He played at about 281 last year, but he also lined up at defensive end in their three-man front. Uh, I think he started seven games, seven of the nine games he played last year. But uh, Nichols, you know, he had a foot injury, so he, he, he missed the first scrimmage. He had to come out early of the second scrimmage. His foot was bothering him. He didn't play in the red-white scrimmage. But he's trying to get up to about 300 pounds. He's at 293, I think, right now. So he's trying to get up his weight a little bit. But, again, a guy that, you know, flipped back and forth there. Um, but I, I think a guy like Ridgeway could challenge him. Utsi possibly could, too. But, you know, a defensive line, defensive tackle, you don't want to play a guy really more than 60% of the snaps. So, as we know in this conference, it's almost as important. Your backups are almost as important as your starters in the SEC, particularly on defense. So, um, two nice additions there. And, you know, to go with Nichols. Plus, Torian Carter has had a really good spring. Uh, he was a guy that Sam Pittman really praised on Wednesday. Now, he got into him for something at the at the red-white game, but uh, he was really praising him, you know, liked it, you know, his attitude, getting to the front of the line, all that kind of stuff. So, plus you've got Eric Gregory, who in, we saw in the red-white game when they were in a four-man front, he was sliding in at defensive tackle. So, he can play end or tackle for them, uh, kind of a swing guy, and he goes about 298, 300 pounds too. So, he's a big guy. So – Suddenly, Arkansas defensive tackle position looks a lot better. But you got some promising guys like Marcus Miller, too, you know, Andy Boykin, some other guys like that. But this definitely makes Arkansas 
feel a lot stronger in the interior. Maybe they say, hey, maybe we can go with a four-man front a little more often when um, you know, it looked more like they would definitely be always three-man front because they do have so many safeties. Three-two-six is what they like to use. So uh, defensive end now, I, I, I feel like Arkansas is in really good shape there despite the lack of sacks. They only had 13 sacks last year, but I don't think it's a talent problem so much I think it's maybe technique maybe maybe it was really needed to get Jermile Ashley in here get somebody else uh, you know with a different perspective on things the guy that played defensive end but you know you've got Zach Williams who's up to 264 plans to get to about 275 by the time the season starts all muscle Zach Williams is suddenly shredded I remember going to see him in high school you know and he's like he's a long lanky guy who's got a lot of potential but he is he is huge you can see it in his legs his shoulders I mean he has added all good weight uh, Mateo Soli, you know, and I've talked about Soli a lot as a guy that had 22 and a half sacks as a high school senior and suddenly can't get to the quarterback. You know, Dorian Gerald has just been banged up his whole career, showed up late and out of shape that first year in 2018, ended up starting the last two games, I think, that season, but was overweight. The next year he had that weird uh, injury, um, and then last year he had an injury early on. But Dorian, I felt like, had a really good spring. Plus, you, you so you've got him and, you know um, – Eric Gregory kind of as your bigger ends, but now Zach Williams is a guy that's always been the kind of the undersized guy. Matthias Soli also. Jashad Stewart was really coming on. He was injured for the red-white game, but he's a guy that's, you know, a little uh, undersized from a from a height, you know, not particularly long even for being about 6'2", uh, but just really explosive off the ball, a guy that I think can help him this year. So defensive line looking a little bit better now with these transfer additions, right? I think so. Takias Crawford was also a big one, obviously, enrolled early. I think he played in seven – or practiced seven times and then was hurt. I hear he's got a little bit of a shoulder, uh, but then was hurt. But 6'5", 355, a guy that I think is the right tackle of the future for Arkansas, a future starter. Trent Gordon also, 5'11", 195, out of Penn State. Who, you know, I don't know that he's pushing any of the starters at nickel or cornerback, but, again, a guy that should be able to provide some depth and help them probably in a backup type of role. And then the other guy would be Cade Renfro, who, you know, those of you who watched the spring game, you saw what I saw in Cade Renfro is that he's got a really live arm. And I've seen that all spring. What I had not seen so much, I knew that he was mobile, but he's really mobile. Like, he can really run and help Arkansas, I think. So Renfro joined as a walk-on. He was a scholarship player at Ole Miss, obviously the Kendall Browse connection from having recruited him at Florida State. So that's where uh, that connection comes in. So five in, two out in the transfer market. I think Arkansas won overall. And as I've said before, you know, the Mike Woods situation, it's more to me the optics of it. And I don't feel like Arkansas – is a negative, you know, situation. It might clear that up. You know, it's not Kenny Guyton because people are like, what, what happened there? Um, you know, Mike cleared all that stuff up. You know, everything's in good hands at Arkansas and stuff. But, it, you know, it's kind of like, well, why are you leaving, you know? So, anyway, that's the situation right there with Arkansas's transfer situation. What else we got here? Do I want to get to Danny now? Let me go over this real quick, Danny. I know you're, you might be listening, but I'm going to get to Danny real quick. But what's next for Arkansas football now that spring has wrapped up? So last week and this week currently are what's called discretionary weeks. So, you know, you're expected to get in there, work out three days a week. Um, you know, obviously you've got academics that you got to focus on. The 29th is the last day of classes when this is being recorded or when you're watching. is it, Today's the 26th. So the 29th 
Um, Thursday is the last day of classes, which makes the 30th dead day. For those of you who aren't familiar with dead day, if you're a U of A student, you're familiar with dead day. I don't know if that's something they use at other schools, but they've been using that since 96, since I was in college. But um, basically that means if you have a lot of stuff to do with finals, then you study. And if you don't, then you go to the lake or you go hiking or something. (laughs) But that's dead day, so no classes. And final exams begin on Monday, May 3rd, and run through Friday, May 7th. Okay. Um, you know, during all this time, players still work out if they can and stuff like that. But the primary focus has to be making sure you finish strong in the classroom. So then after that, they will go home. They'll get about two weeks to go home if they want. Some of them won't, but go home, get away from football, recharge your battery, spend some time with your family. You really didn't have like spring break. They, they took spring break and they made three long weekends basically. So there was no like opportunity to really just get away for a long time. Even though they took eight days off in spring, in the middle of spring for spring break, they still had classes to go to. So I guess it's good if you got online classes, you could do that. But, uh, for the most part, this is their first real good break. And then they'll come back probably around the 24th of May. Uh, I think that's also when you'll start seeing, you know, some of the guys that are wrap, have wrapped things up, you know, these transfer additions, those guys start rolling in around that time, and that's when they'll start the summer conditioning cycle, which is voluntary. Voluntary if you want to sit the bench. <laughs> so everybody will be here for that. And that's where things stand right now. Okay. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let me get to Danny West here. For those of you who are not familiar with Danny West, how are you not familiar with the best recruiting guy in the country? Danny does a great job for us, has for well over a decade. You can follow him, not at this Twitter handle, but at Danny West 247 on Twitter. Puts all his information out there and has done a great job for us for a number of years. Primary football recruiting guy. Curtis Wilkerson mainly handles basketball stuff, so. Trey Biddy. How you doing, Danny? Doing fantastic, buddy. It's about 75 degrees today. It's a nice 75. One. Shout out Joe Nichols. <laughs> good 
There you go. Shout out, Joe. Well, we're just going over the transfer stuff and, you know, the, the yeah. good and the bad of it all. Obviously, Arkansas losing Mike Woods. and But uh, ended up with some positive additions, obviously, uh, especially on Sunday here. And uh, I guess five total if you count Cade Renfro, who's not on scholarship but played like a scholarship quarterback in the spring. What are your impressions overall on the job that Arkansas has done, particularly yesterday with getting the two defensive tackles? Uh, yesterday was huge. I mean, I, I think we all expected Markel to make that move. In fact, you know, as soon as he entered the portal, what was that last week, maybe 10 days ago? I remember I posted on Hog Sports. I said, hey, I, you know, this one, it should move fairly quickly. And of course, Arkansas obviously is the, the destination there, but man, I'm sitting around yesterday evening, and I told you and Curtis this in our group text last night, but that one shocked me, buddy. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that guy was coming. I mean, I'm sure you've touched on it, but just the uh, the amount of blue blood, you know, big-time schools that came after him, after Arkansas, of course. Uh, I've seen that movie before. We, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, yeah. I know how that one typically turns out, but for whatever reason, I kept his, his tweet notifications on, just trying to keep up with him and Sure enough, man, that one that one surprised me. But that's that makes you feel a lot better, boy, about that defensive front. Which, it really does. You know, I know you always, uh, not always, but here recently, I think you've liked what you saw in the spring out of mm-hmm. you know um, Isaiah is he's one that we both really like. I thought Eric Gregory with the the versatility there, and he's gotten quite a bit bigger since he got here. So yes. they had some pieces, but. Now, man, they've really got a shot to be pretty stout up front. And, of course, as you know and everybody listening knows, that's where it starts. So. Right. I mean, well, Torian and Carter, too. I mean, sure. but the yep. thing of it is, like, with those three guys, it's like it's those three guys definitely, you know, yep. and it's not like there's not a big push yet from, like, a Marcus Miller or Andy Boykin, you know, those guys that really haven't, like, started pushing yet. But these guys have, and – you know, I think I, I love the Utsi edition for him, but the Ridge Ridgeway. I mean, I don't know if you've if you checked out his highlights yet, well, but yes. man, this is a big, big dude, like six six three twenty five, and you can tell he's every bit of it. And Arkansas is suddenly. I mean, you talk about where you want to be strong, right? Right up the yeah. middle of that defense, and now your nose. Your linebackers with Grant Morgan up in the middle, and then you know Jalen Catalan right in the back end. I mean that is that's a stout middle all of a sudden for Arkansas defense. It's going to make them a lot better. I agree, and not done yet. It's not complete yet. You know Cameron Ball still coming in. Solly Wright mm-hmm. coming over from yep. uh, Oklahoma. I mean that's a guy. I don't know about you, but I love that kid's film. I know he's mm-hmm. not very big, and he's not like your. Uh, you know, no disrespect to Enoch Jackson. We, right. we were with him the best of luck. But two totally different players when you talk about being undersized. This guy right. is extremely explosive. So, you know, it's all about depth. You know, I made a point about that too, though, Danny. You know, just like Enoch, I think he can play on the college level. But, you know, probably yes. was a good decision by him, you know, to go down a level. Because if yep. you are going to be shorter at defensive tackle, you have to be extremely explosive. And Solomon Wright, he has that. He has that yep. level of explosion. Uh, it's the same deal at running back. I say that all the time. Like, if you're going to be small at running back, you need to be elite speed and quickness. You yep. can't just be kind of fast, you know. And it's the same at defensive tackle, really probably any position. So, yeah, switching over. Go ahead, Danny. No, I was just going to add real quickly that, you know, we talked so much, and rightfully so, with two additions here. But, man, I kind of like those defensive ends. Zach Williams, to me, too. has been 
I mean, what a jump that guy's made mm-hmm. physically. I mean, I remember I went and checked out our, our uh, sit-down interview when he was just committed to Arkansas, you know. And not that he looked bad, but you knew at some point that's going to be a really big man. Well, he's reached that now. That is mm-hmm. a big old boy now. I mean, he played in the 240 range last year and was yeah. 225, 230 or something the year before that, and now it's 264. Good. And like I said, Danny, I had a good, I had a chance to see him up close the other day, and he didn't physically look like the same guy. I mean, just like, you know, when you like Alabama players, like you see Alabama players, you're like, man, the shoulders on these guys, you know? And Zach kind of has those shoulders now, just big balls up on the sides of his arms. I mean, just he and his and his legs are just, I mean. He looks like they're supposed to look right now. Yeah, so he does. I think he could have yeah. a big season. And I, I've said this before, too, with Dorian. Dorian has so much potential, he's just got to stay healthy. Stay but I feel healthy. like he's had a really strong spring also. So Nobody deserves it more. You know? Yeah, I, absolutely. I remember a couple of years ago when Armand Watts had, just came out of nowhere finally mm-hmm. as a senior. Wouldn't that be something for, for uh, DG to come back and do that? Nobody nice. deserves it more. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, Danny, flipping you over to the high school ranks, we touched a little bit on some of the high school guys that are coming in, but uh, who could commit next? You got it. You you had a recent story, and I obviously want you to give the farm away, but sure. Let's yeah, touch on always, that a little bit. I advise against giving the farm away for sure. <laughs> By the way, if you want to sign up at hogsports.com and read the VIP recruiting stuff, it's just one dollar yeah. right now for your first month. H a w g sports.com. No promo code needed. And Danny's most of his content is VIP. So if you like Danny West stuff, you'll need a VIP membership. But just a dollar right now. Not bad. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the story there. I think it's always fun uh, to kind of update after they get a couple of commitments. And of course, yesterday had nothing really to do with the class of 2022, but uh, it was a timely story i would say a lot of people seem to be enjoying it just kind of six guys i think that you know i'm really keeping an eye on right now and of course i'll share a little bit here i think all lies right now are on the couple of in-state guys you know amarion harris four-star offensive lineman out of joe t robinson um wouldn't surprise me trey if he's getting pretty close you know Mm -hmm. i think arkansas is uh, made him a real priority for a long time now. We know Missouri and Oklahoma have, have done the same, but when you look at Arkansas's history at that school in particular, they keep them at home uh, just about every time they offer one. I think I can't recall one that they've missed on at, at Robinson. So uh, I like the history there. I like that Amarion has kind of played it, co- you know, played it close to his chest or vest, however you want to put that. But um, uh, you know, he's he's been low-key about it, hasn't put a whole lot out there. But from everything I'm told, I think Arkansas is in a really, really good spot there. Uh, then Charles – Hey, Danny, I want to I want to say this real quick, though, because you made a good point there you just, and you just kind of glossed over it. But, um, you know, we talk about, like, the state's top producers of talent and stuff, and Robinson yeah. has been that, you know, the last – uh, what, six years or so they've been yeah, one of the top talent producers? Years. Yeah, probably since, you know, Coylan and TJ Hammonds, those guys. But they're batting a 1,000 at Joe T. They're batting a 1,000. On all those guys that they offered, they are batting a 1,000 at Joe T. Robinson. Pretty significant. All right, go ahead, Danny. Especially when you think about some of the offer lists at mm-hmm. that school. You know, I mean, some of those guys, TJ and uh, Coylan, had a lot of offers uh, several of them yeah. and uh yeah you're right there they've, they've done a really good job there but uh yeah i was going to talk about uh, charles nimrod the mm-hmm. receiver obviously you picked up quincy mcadoo a couple of weeks ago that was really key to get 
uh, Kenny Guyton's class started, and now I think you kind of turn the focus a little bit to, to Nimrod. He's really speedy, 6'3", 175. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. I'm not sure he's tapped into that yet completely, but uh, pretty good player. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's easy to start with the in-state guys, but I definitely think uh, a lot of emphasis right Who now. Who else is on <laughs> Nimrod at Illinois? And uh, Kansas is up there for him. He's, you know, he's kind of got some of those mid range yeah. uh, type power five offers. You definitely got <laughs> some uh, connections there, Illinois, with uh, Brett Bielma and, yeah, and George yeah. McDonald is the wide receivers coach there. If you remember, I forgot about that. George yeah, McDonald, who exactly was right. had a sip of coffee at Arkansas. Yeah, he spent a week here, so yeah, yeah. he visited. Uh, yeah, uh, Pulling for Coach B up there. I know he's done a really good job within his state as well. Hey, and the lawsuit settled also. <laughs> it's about time. You know, I think if you're like me, and I think – I can't speak for you, but I think you uh, you still like Coach B. Yeah, you know what I mean? I like he, as a dude, he's, he's a good right. dude. He's just – a lot of people hate him. And the whole lawsuit thing, let's get over it, man. It's, it's paid for. It's done. Mm-hmm. Move on. I mean, it'll be the, it's the same thing with Sam Pittman if things go – poorly here yeah. which i i like the culture that sam Pittman has brought but i will always be a sam Pittman fan you know I will, absolutely so regardless of what he does on the field yeah totally agree but yeah just uh kind of a general thought on the class here trey i really like where they're at number 13 in the country uh, here towards the end of april uh, number six in the sec that's by far in terms of the end of april the highest I've ever seen them. So does that mean they're going to finish there or, mm. you know, top 10 or even 15? No, it doesn't. Obviously there's a long way to go, but Let's this enjoy is probably it. <laughs> yeah, it's the best case scenario for you right now. Uh, it's kind of been a, a weird class to be honest with you in terms of, uh, you know, you think about the movie, you remember George Clooney in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? When he talked about a geographical yes. oddity. <laughs> That's kind of what this class is to me. I mean, you got a guy from Michigan, uh, South Carolina. You got a guy coming in here for an official from Canton, Ohio, here in a couple of weeks. You're coming off a day yesterday. You got one from Illinois State. I mean, they're just all over the map, and it's you know it's been enjoyable. It's always fun for me uh, to kind of see what what every new year is going to bring in terms of geography. You know, it, mm-hmm. it started with Coach B when saw the Florida connections and coach Morris gets here. You got a little bit of Tennessee and East Texas, obviously coach Pittman got off to a hot start in Oklahoma and now it's just scattered. So you never know where they're coming from at this point. I've got that soggy bottom boy song in my head now, yes, Danny. You are welcome. I am the man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's about the most singing the Anybody's going to get out of me. Tyrus Washington is another guy that you had mentioned. You you got I mean this is a pretty extensive list of uh, of possibilities to jump on board, but we'll we'll wrap it up a little bit right there. That you mentioned a couple of uh, a couple of key targets there. I wanted to jump over for you with um, anybody who wants to continue reading. Danny's got a full article on on uh, guys to watch up next, but uh, I wanted to flip you over to baseball right now. Arkansas number one team in the country, number one power rankings in the SEC. Uh, just won the series uh, at South Carolina. What, what are you thinking about this baseball team right now? I mean, it's, it all feels good. And they've got yeah. a big series coming up this weekend at Baton Rouge. Uh, they're pretty good. Kevin Copps is really, really good. Um, you know, I, all my buddies and I, we watch every pitch of every game, you know, and we, we've talked about it quite a bit. And it's been mentioned in our circles that, 
it's still, you know, the, the guys say this, it still doesn't feel like we're number one. Like, are we really better than everybody else? Mm-hmm. And I always tell them, well, you're beating everybody else. You know, it may not feel like it, but what are they like nine and one against the top 15 or something ridiculous. And none of those games have been here at bomb Walker. It's pretty impressive. So while it may not feel like the pitching is up to par at times, and they've just got so much depth there where, you know, you can do a quick trigger on these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not if they're not in it that day, DVH will pull them in a hurry and go on to the next one. So in the way they're hitting right now, the offense is incredible. When you're leading the nation in home runs and walks, you're in a pretty good position. So just keep winning. It's a big one coming up this week. As we all know, down at LSU, they've always been tough on Arkansas and uh, should be another good one. LSU coming off a series win at Ole Miss, which I think a lot of Arkansas fans enjoyed, but you don't want them getting too hot because mm-hmm. now you got to go down there. And uh, just to, to mention this, the midweek game on Tuesday against Missouri State was canceled. But uh, yeah, That's a bummer, man. That's yeah. always a fun series. Not sure DBH and uh, Coach – is it gutting up there? And pretty sure it's gotten I don't think they're best of friends so I always enjoy that series yeah well there's an interesting you know Bobby Petrino by the way Bobby Petrino of Missouri State was named Missouri Valley Coach of the Year did you know that Danny yeah, yeah I did know that 2022 yeah. if he's still there he'll return to Fayetteville <laughs> the, ne- the next midweek game you yeah, don't have one until Arkansas State on Tuesday May 11th so yep. you've got weekend series against LSU this coming weekend then Georgia comes to Fayetteville on Friday, May 7th through the 9th, and then it's Tuesday with Arkansas State on May 11th. It's been fun hitting all the in-state schools, man. It's yeah. uh, it's good for everybody. Whoops, popped up Keith Grayson there on accident. All right, Danny, you got anything else to add? We're going to let you go. All right, buddy. All right, man. Y'all have a good one. All right, appreciate you, Danny. That's Danny West. Again, follow him at Danny at Danny West at 247. No, just Danny West at 247. I keep saying I got to update that, and I never do. One day I will. It's the off season. It's time to do that kind of stuff, right? All right. Appreciate you for joining us, Danny. Before we go to questions, I want to get to. It wouldn't be right to talk about all this transfer stuff without talking about the king of the transfer portal, the importer, Eric Musselman, and just the overall job that he's done. So I know we've talked about this a lot. So I just kind of want to review real quick, but. Arkansas right now finds themselves on a lot of top 25 lists, and including as high as number five. I've seen them as high as number five. In, and I think that's before Amude jumped on board. So on the 24-7 sports when they had it, I think, 16th, and then they, they redone it because there's been some commitments and some transfer additions. But Arkansas moved up five spots to 11th right now. So Chris Likes, I love Chris Likes. I mean – is he going to give some stuff up because of his height? He's only 5'7", probably. But, man, he's going to be so electric. Like, he can get off a shot so quick. He's so fast. I think he's just going to be fun, fun, fun to watch. Stanley Amude, who was the most recent one, 21.6 points per game, seven rebounds, three assists, 6'6", 210, can play all over the floor, almost 80% as a free throw shooter. What a great addition. Both of those guys, D.C. Tony, 6'6", 210, 14.4 points a game from Pitt, 5.9 rebounds, 2.3 assists. Those are solid numbers. A guy that can really flush it, a guy that can play a lot of different positions again. Kamani Johnson, 6'7", 215, who transferred in from Little Rock. I mean, 
he had to sit out last year, obviously. But and then you got Abiyami Iola, which I mean, he uh, he had to sit out because of an injury. But you know, all those guys, and then you factor in KK Robinson coming on board, the guys that are are getting a little bit older. Just a nice looking team shaping up. Maybe it has to play a little bit, get together. That's going to be a fun team to watch, and hopefully. The thing that, like, kind of sucked about last year, obviously, is, you know, you never got to pack Bud Walton Ram. I mean, they would have tore that place apart sometimes. I mean, just blowing the roof off last season with the way the year went. You're talking about one sellout after another. Just couldn't have that. Hopefully with this group you get that, and they can experience Bud Walton Arena to its fullest. Before we get into your questions, I want to remind everybody – of course, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. We are going to get to your questions today. I see them rolling up, so we're good to go on that front. If you haven't followed the page on Facebook, go ahead and take a minute and follow it. If you're watching on YouTube, throw us a like. Throw us a like on Facebook. Throw us a thumbs up on YouTube. And uh, interact with the video, comment, share, all that kind of stuff. But subscribe to the channel on YouTube and hit the notifications bell right now if you haven't done so. Apple Podcast. When this video ends, just, just take a second and give us a five-star review. It really helps us get our message out there to uh, other Razorback fans. It helps you know, move us up the top of the list when people are searching for Razorback content, all that kind of stuff. But also, it helps the grassroots. Share with, share with your buddies. All right. We got a lot of Go Hogs and Woo Pig Sueys. Matt Bohannon says, Trey, what do you see from the new transfer market? Do you project him as a top two DT? Um, I think Ridgeway is going to really push to start. I really do. I mean, he is – He's just such a big addition. I mean, and a moot, uh, not moot, hey. <laughs> Utse, Utsi, and I'm getting my U names mixed up, but uh, Markel, uh, both of those guys, I think, have a real good chance to impact them. I mean, at the very minimum, the competition level has dramatically upticked. And that was a position that Sam Pittman has said repeatedly, this is what we need to get. You know, after Takias Crawford, after they took care of, you know, add another guy on the offensive line, I mean, this just made so much sense to add defensive tackles, and they got two of them. I, did, I, I, I don't feel like end was as big a need, even though they couldn't get to the quarterback last year. I still feel – I still believe in the talent at defensive end for Arkansas. Defensive tackle, it's not that I didn't believe. It's just like they need more numbers, need more competition. They need – they need some more better. They need some better players. They need all of that kind of stuff, and they absolutely just got that. I mean, they got a guy who started seven, eight games in the SEC last year, and another guy who was playing on a smaller school level, but was one of the more coveted transfers out there. Kevin Gill says, if "Mike hits the portal in January, then it's less reactionary. If Mike hits the portal in January, oh yeah, then it's less reactionary. Yeah, I mean that again. You can be upset with Mike Woods entering the portal. You know, even with, um, you know, going through the whole spring. Yeah, did he take away reps from somebody else? Yes, he did. You know, all of those types of things. Take coaching away, take time away, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean that's what happens. But it happens all all over the country. What's the status? What's the state of the D line with new two new guys? I think we uh, pretty much covered that. Philip Doolin. If you're not satisfied, then say I'm not satisfied. <laughs> uh, Philip Mouton says Dorian Gerald should have a better season too. Absolutely, I think he's got a shot to be really good. Really good for him. Norman Hunt says, "Here's the deal with these transfers: it doesn't matter whether you're leaving or coming in. You still got to earn your spot. My point is, the grass ain't always necessarily greener. 
absolutely true. We've seen that. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Kevin Gill co-signs with what I said. Philip Mouton said, yep, sure did. Philip Mouton says, I hate Mike Woods less, but, hey, we're going to be in good hands literally. I mean, let's we can talk about the wide receiver spot a little bit. I mean, you know, Darren Turner is a guy that was maybe a little more raw that has a ton of athletic ability, ton of potential. You know, I think the hope has got to be that Keetron Jackson, I mean, he was the highest-ranking recruit in the class. you got to hope that he lives up to that and is able to come in like Mike Woods did his freshman year or like Traylon Burks did or Trey Knox did his freshman year. You know, he, he played with a, a brace on his knee all spring. He should be 100% good to go by the time the season starts here. But he was a very well-regarded recruit and a guy that looks like he has a ton of potential. And then you've got Trey Knox, who there's no other way to say, but Trey had a sophomore slump last year. He did. He has got a lot of potential, especially as a jump ball wide receiver. And there was actually times where I was like, hey, he's maybe a little faster than I'd given him credit for this spring. I saw him run away from Greg Brooks, who's pretty darn fast. <laughs> I saw, I mean, I saw that happen in the spring. So, um, you know, hopefully he comes along. You also got Devion Warren, who, you know, Devion is uh, missed the entire spring, but he had his best season last year. You got Jaqueline Crawford, who I don't know if like Jaqueline came in and just set the world on fire this spring, but he's a talented guy that should be able to help him. So they've got some, they've got some names. Jaden Wilson's another guy who maybe he's a year away or so, but uh, I thought he was better than what I anticipated him being in the spring as an early enrollee. Doyle Bulger says, any hope of getting a linebacker? Not on scholarship. They're done. I mean, they they filled up with a count ahead. They could count three ahead. They filled up that. I mean, there's no more room for any more commitments or transfer additions. So, at the linebacker position, Doyle, I think they're okay in 2021. They've got Grant Morgan. They've got Bumper Pool. Levi Draper, who missed all the spring. He's still coming back from an injury. Hayden Henry, who – started for him in most practices but didn't play any of the scrimmages because he's trying to get his shoulder back 100% healthy. So you've got those four guys. you know. Plus you got Andrew Parker who started to come on a little bit last year. Uh, you've got some younger guys on the team, you know, JT Towers, for example, Kellen Burrell. So you've got some guys you know, that hopefully this year and that younger group of players are going to start to emerge because right now I look at it and say, wow, the top four guys are, are seniors. You know, they could all be gone after this year. Now they, you know, Two of them get another year back if they want it, but two of them don't. So, uh, you know, you could be without your top four linebackers in 2022. But having said that, there will be some guys that start to emerge, hopefully for Arkansas this year. And if they don't, then you explore the option of, you know, getting a grad transfer or a transfer. I guess anybody now is one-time waiver. Um, but you explore that option next year. You can help your team a lot real quickly these days with uh, not having to sit out any. Brian Malone says, what's your thought about our running back room? Running back room, I think that they have some potential. I, I wonder, is there a stud? Like, is there a guy that's like, no question, this is the guy to, you know, it's third and two, we got to have this, who's the guy? I don't know who that is just yet. And, you know, Traylon Smith provides a lot. You know, I think that the problem you can run into with a lighter back like him is it could be either feast or famine. He is a tough runner, but he's just – he's not huge. He's not a massive – you know, the best running backs usually, and especially like if you look at like maybe the top seven rushers last year, they're all going to go over 200 pounds. Whether they're 5'9 or what, they're 200-something, you know, 220, something like that. Um, and they're also fast generally, big and fast. Not just maybe hulking, but really big, good size, 
220, you know, uh, and fast. Probably average like 5'11", 220 is what I would guess. So does Arkansas have that back right now? Is Rocket Sanders going to be that back? He's not right now because he's not comfortable enough from what I've seen at running back. Now, when the ball's in his hands, looks pretty good running, 6'2", 220. Good, big, fast back. That's, you know, what it typically takes in the SEC to have a guy, you know, who can do a lot of things. And the thing with Rocket that's intriguing is you know he can catch the ball. He played wide receiver. So he's a threat catching the ball out of the backfield at 6'2", 220. You don't always see that with a guy that size at running back. Um, you know, he should be a guy that could run between the tackles. He's got speed to break away. He's an intriguing possibility. You also have A.J. Green coming in, and he missed the spring. But if he can run, he can, he can, he can come in and help. And he is a – you know, state champion 100-meter dash guy. He'll probably be about 200 pounds when he gets here, probably about 5'11", 6'200 pounds. Uh, so he's another guy that's a possibility. You also got Traylon Smith. You got Josh Oglesby, who's going to be more of a, you know, how do we get this guy on the edge type of player. He's, you know, probably south of 180 pounds. So he's not very big, but he's like a near world-class speed guy. And I've always said, as we were talking earlier, if you're going to be a running back in this conference and you're going to be undersized, you need to be electric fast. You're like a 4-3 guy. And he is that. So. Went on a long time about running backs, but I don't know. Like, and I'm, I, I kind of got to leave it to Dominic Johnson because I thought Dominic Johnson really had a nice spring. I thought he showed really good balance. I thought he looked like he's trimmed up a lot, even though he's still carrying 240. I mean, he did some things in the spring. He's like, hmm, this guy, I mean, he might be able to help him in short yardage. I'm not sure he's going to be a breakaway guy, but good balance. People bounce off of him when he doesn't even do anything. Lance Walker says, maybe Ridgeway can be our Alabama's Cody, Mount Cody, yep. <laughs> Kevin Gill says, Trey, I got kind of an odd question for you. Would DMAC have had a longer NFL career at safety? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, 10 years is a long time in the NFL. I think that's how many years he played. So, DMAC actually spent one day in the safety room <laughs> when he was at Arkansas. A lot of people don't know that. But the reason that DMAC – so – he came in at running back. Everybody's like, he's got to play safety. You know, you got Felix. You got uh, Michael Smith, all this stuff. But D-Max spent a day in a safety room at Arkansas, and the reason he didn't stay in that safety room, and I'm, I say not, maybe not the, the final reason, but um, uh, Mike Smith got hurt. And so he went back over to running back, and that's the end of the story. It's hard to say anybody would have had a longer career than 10 years, but Darren did get hurt a lot. He might, Maybe he would have had a better career. I mean, what do you have, two or three thousand-yard seasons? He just got banged up too much, got drafted by the Raiders, just wasn't a very strong organization at the time. The better question might be if he had got drafted by another team. Would he have had a longer career? Ten years of running back is still phenomenal. Todd Drake says, who are our possible quarterback commits for 2022? We had Danny on. Probably should have asked him that, Todd, but – Again, you can read all that stuff. He, he recently released a big red board that's got a good list of of all of that stuff. So proud of both baseball and softball teams. are both legit, says Norman Hunt. Chris Light says, Rover, Arkansas is here. Alex Rubble says he would have if he didn't go to a Raiders dumpster fire. There we go. Great minds, Alex Rubble. Steve Trace says, not going to lie, I'm worried about quarterback position, throwing downfield, Burks need the ball 10-plus touches the game. You know, Steve, actually I'm kind of the other way. I feel like KJ is going to throw a nice deep ball. We've seen it happen plenty of times. We saw it happen in the spring. We saw it happen against Missouri. I wonder about 
you know, the touch passes, the, um, you know, the simple stuff over the middle. Like, is he going to be – because what we've seen with KJ from time to time is he will sail one. It's like, whoa. And I haven't seen it so much as of late, but he, he, he has had a tendency to sell stuff. And, I, again, I think that goes back to a lot of reworking his, his mechanics and stuff. But I went into that spring game saying KJ is um, – you know, probably going to have a really bad day. He's facing the number one defense, and he came out just blazing. I thought that was really encouraging. What you want to see in a, in a spring is the defense really, in a sense, dominating the offense because so much is about timing. That's what we saw, you know, early on in the spring. You know, a lot of KJ's deep balls are, you know, flying past the wide receivers, going over their heads. Just the timing of it's just not quite there, which is another thing that hurts with Mike Woods because they work on timing all spring, you know. But – um all of those things, but what you want to see is like towards the end, the offense start to win some more battles, you know, and start really picking it up because it is so much more about timing and um, just being on the same page with everybody. You know, defense is more reactionary or, you know, hey, this is a blitz, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you would expect the defense to be a little farther ahead. Ruth Haynes Kenny says, is the transfer portal a permanent thing? Yes, the transfer portal. So you've always been able to transfer – the transfer portal just makes it a little cleaner for the student athletes. Like, puts them out there, says this guy's in the transfer portal, good to go on contacting, you know, yada, yada, all that kind of stuff. He's recruitable now. So that's that's the main thing with the transfer portal. It's You've been able to do that before. But the, the thing that's changed dramatically with the transfer portal is the one-time transfer waiver. So as we're seeing right now, and I don't know if something's going to be written into letters of intent because, to me, the way this is going, like we just saw Trey Alexander decommit from Auburn, basketball player. He signed with Auburn, and now he is transferring. You know, so like you have a signing day, and it does it mean anything? <laughs> I mean, like signing day is a pretty big deal. Like because used to be as a as a fan, you know, you'd be like, got him. This guy is a Razorback. He's on board. You know, yada yada. He's on board. Um, and now it's kind of like he signed, but now you got to make sure you keep him. Got to make sure he gets to campus because he could enter the portal and free and clear transfer. So maybe something look, gets looked at with letters of intent. But I've said before that I'm not the biggest fan of the, the one-time transfer waiver unless it happens after two years. I think you should put two years in. If you sign with somebody, that's a two-year contract with them. Okay, that's a two-year deal. And after two years, if it's not working out, you're not seeing an avenue for playing time, the coach is probably also fine with you transferring. It's not a perfect system. I just think that this adds way too much because especially as freshmen, you talk to any college athlete, any of them. Maybe some of you are college athletes and you're listening right now. You know you wanted to transfer at some point. You know you're like, I'm done with this. This isn't what I thought or – coach is mean to me now or you know I'm homesick or my girlfriend something at some point in your in in that time you thought about transferring you did so to me give it the old college try give it a couple of years that's not going to change anything with like Mike Wood situation or something he's a grad transfer anyway but to me two years you can transfer free and clear after that as much as you want even I don't you know so that's just kind of my thought. Philip Mooton says Jack Williams is going to have a breakout year this year. I got to agree with Danny West. Hey, I said that too, Philip. What about me? 
Alex Mooten, Alex Ruppel says, base defense, four or three down linemen. I think it's a three just based on everything they do. But, I mean, base defense, all that means is, okay, this is how we're lining up when we're going against, you know, 21 personnel. That's basically what it means. Two running backs and a tight end, very traditional look. This is this is our defense, and then everything else bases, you know, comes off of that base. But this is a little bit different. I mean, they got a four two five or they got a three two six. I mean, I think it's pretty much pretty clear we're gonna see one or the other of those defenses. So it doesn't matter, I guess, what we call it a base. I mean, I guess we'll see some bare front sometimes, you know, mixed in, stuff like that, goal line package, all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, we're gonna see this four two five or this three two six. And really is there a big need to have something else? Probably not if you got those two, aside from, you know, maybe having a goal line package, short yardage. Maurice Norman says, I agree with you, Trey. Rick Dodson says, what do you think about special teams? I'm still worried about special teams for Arkansas. I don't know that I would say this guy's the kicker. I don't know that I would say this guy's the punter. And I definitely wouldn't say, like, this guy's the return guy. All of those things are still up for grabs. But what I like that Pittman did, and I think was important for this year after the year that they had on special teams, is they hit every single category in the spring. And you usually don't see that, usually not able to do that because you rely on a lot of freshmen, incoming players, to help you on special teams. But this year they had 10 scholarship seniors returning, not including guys like Sam Loy, who's a punter, who's on, you know, walk-on. And they had 13 early enrollees altogether. So it made a lot of sense to work on special teams, but usually you just work on like punt team, maybe field goal. Cause that, you know, punt teams like kind of the, the biggest deal for you. Right. But I saw, I still saw kickoffs out of bounds. I think they're going to be good kicking the ball out, you know, kicking the ball out of the end zone and into the end zone. But I wonder about the other stuff. It's not settled, but the work has been put in. Okay. We know that. So. Let's see. A lot of stuff just popped up. I was about to wrap it up, but we'll keep going. Cedric White says there's someone to challenge Hudson to start. I think Miles Slusher could. Now, we saw a little bit of Miles Slusher in the scrimmage in the red-white game. I think it was because of depth issues. You know, they basically, like one time I saw that, you know, Trent Gordon was playing corner, and then they moved him to nickel, and then they moved Slusher um, to cornerback. But I – Slusher, I think, could possibly play corner and could possibly push him. Um, aside from that, I don't know that I would just say, like, this guy's going to knock Hudson Clark out. Richard Hartman says, which position groups seemed most improved throughout the spring and happy for the number eight, but the timeline just all seemed awful fishy. And I think that's one reason that a lot of Razorback fans are kind of up in arms about it, just the, the timeline of it. But uh, position group is seen most improved. I felt like quarterback improved throughout the spring. Now, I can't say it's like most improved because they lost a starter. Let's see. I mean, defense, post-spring defensive line seemed pretty – I mean, defensive end, I think I think defensive end had a pretty good spring. I'll say defensive end. How about that? I'll say defensive end feel like the most improved group. Ruth Haynes Kenny says, me again, what do you think about the new overtime rules? Well, I'm not a – I like the way overtime was. So, why why did we – like, why are we making a rule to change that? I guess they're trying to shorten the game. I like more football. 
you know, I hated back in 2006, was it? The year Arkansas won the Western Division. But they did all that stuff to shorten the game. Like, Darren McFadden would have had a lot more yards. <laughs> Darren might have won the Heisman uh, if, they, if they hadn't shortened the game because it, like, took away, you know, a certain amount of carries and stuff like that. And then they fixed it in 2007. But um, I don't know why you changed the overtime rules. And I feel like you could end up going a lot longer because you're just doing – from the two-yard line, one play to get in the end zone. You got you're talking about exhausted teams. I don't know. I liked them the way they were. I was fine with going for two after the what third overtime, and now I think it's the second overtime. Is that what it is? And then after that, you just go two-point conversion plays. So you got to switch back and forth. You keep getting two-point conversion plays. Maybe you should run three two-point conversion plays while you're on the field, and then. Had the other team run three, and whoever wins it, maybe I don't know, but I like the I like the overtime the way it was. I don't know why we're changing that. And from what I've seen from reaction from fans, everybody feels the way that I feel on that. Like, why would you do this? It's exciting. It's fun. We love it. Dual Burger says, "Who's the fastest player on offense and defensive side?" We finally have SEC speed. The fastest player on offense is Josh Oglesby, who is an All American sprinter from the track team. The fastest player on defense, from what I've heard, is Ladarius Bishop. I mean, that's what the previous staff said anyway. Now, Sam Pittman also said if he had six furlongs, he was talking horse race in Arkansas Derby. If he had six furlongs, then he was going to go with Oglesby. If he had seven, he was going to go with Burks. But also threw a nod in for Malik Hornsby, who's a quarterback. And if you saw anything from Malik Hornsby is that that guy has – incredible speed for a quarterback like maybe one of the fastest quarterbacks in the country dual burger says who's ah, i just read that norman hunt says i always thought there should be an associate degree rule where you got to have that before you transfer so associate degree would be what 60 percent of your credit hours i'm thinking like how junior college does plus comp one english and um college algebra i think those are the rules for at least transferring to Arkansas or maybe into the SEC, you got to have those. Can't transfer a D. Is that still a rule? Is a D rule? I think this was Arkansas specific. I can't even remember if they've changed that or not. I haven't heard it in a while. But anyway, nah, I don't disagree with that. I still kind of think maybe you just do it by on the field two years. In case French full, I mean, Stay eligible. You got to have you know certain amount of credit hours too. So I don't know why we change that too much. Casey French Fulton says the kickers did great last spring game. They actually did kick well in the spring. They didn't kick any long field goals. I think the long was like thirty something yards. Casey French Fulton says why worried experience on special teams just based on what happened last year. I didn't. I did overall through the. I mean I know what we saw in the spring game, but overall throughout the spring, so I witnessed probably about. 50 minutes to an hour of 13 of the practice, 13 of the 15 practices. I think one got rained out. They closed one. Might have been, they might have closed two. I can't remember, but 12 or 13 of the practices I saw, including the entire red white game, obviously, and rewatched it later. But um, throughout the course of it, I, I just wasn't like, wow, this guy is really booming the ball in punts, or these field goal kickers have been super consistent. About the main consistency thing that I saw that was a positive was just regularly going into the end zone on kickoffs. Vito Calvaruso, mainly. I like Turner as a return man. Nick Turner, I assume you mean. He's got some speed. Now, Nick Turner might be up there, too. He's 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 very fast. 
Maurice Norman says, don't be shocked when Arkansas gets eight or more games this year. I've said before I could see seven as a possibility. I mean, they won three SEC games last year. I think there's a pretty good assumption that they would have won three this past, uh, you know, three non-conference games, probably everybody but Notre Dame. And they do that again this year, then that's six. It's bowl eligible. Can they catch Texas at home? Maybe. Texas has a new coach, new quarterback. Can they catch uh, another SEC team? Maybe. They get Mississippi State at home, Auburn at home, Missouri at home, Texas A&M. Are they the home team for Texas A&M? I believe they are this year. So Arkansas is the home team in Arlington. But they get three, what I would think maybe are winnable, definitely winnable SEC home games this year. So pick one up on the road. Get that A&M game. Get Texas, you know. Maybe they can get to, to to seven that way, and you know who knows. But I think they, I, I think they're going to probably surprise some people this year. Philip Moon says, "Yep, yeah, I just say I just said the same thing the other day. They've been working their hind parts off." Maurice Norman says, "I agree with you. I agree with you, Maurice." Marquise Martin says, "What's holding back Trey Knox from being top receiver in the SEC?" Um, from what I understand, there were some personal issues last year too. He's also dealt with some injuries, and yeah, I mean just. Sometimes players slump, but from everything that I've seen, he has really put in the work. I expect a bounce back from Trey Noss. I'm not saying like he's going to be a premier receiver in the SEC, but I think he's going to tick up in a positive direction for Arkansas and be a key player for him. So, All right, everybody, we've gone an hour now. If you have not given us a five-star review and you like this show on Apple Podcasts, Please do so. We've not had anybody review the show, like get a, get a write-up, like say, hey, this is what we like about the show. This is why you should like it. Since February, nobody said anything. So take a moment, if you don't mind, if you like the show that we do, and uh, and throw us uh, a nice review on, on uh, Apple Podcasts. Certainly helps get our message out there. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And, um, yeah, pretty much wrapped it up. I start – if I go about an hour, I'm just, like, dead at the end because I've just been talking nonstop. So, I can start to feel it in my voice. So, I want to thank Danny West for joining us, all his insight on recruiting. If you haven't followed Danny, then do so at Danny West 24-7. And sign up at hogsports.com. Just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Hog Sports Live. We will be back with you guys soon. All right. And when we did it. Ha <laughs> ha.